Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. This week's message comes from Pastor Brian Vaughn. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Just think about that for a moment. The God is looking around. He knows hearts and minds and he's looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him because those are the hearts that he's going to strengthen. That he's going to equip and to, and to pour in to do the things that he calls them to do. Now, those few words are part of a verse and it's not the whole verse. And that, that verse is part of a, a bigger story that's a part of a bigger story in the Old Testament. We'll come back to it in a moment. But the principle is there that I want you to think about that's gonna kind of set the tone for where we're gonna go this morning is that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth looking to strengthen hearts who are fully committed to him. And I think that begs us to consider our own hearts. So that's a bit of of where we're going this morning. Last week, if you weren't here with us, we started a a new series called My Why. It's up there. Like, why do we do the things that that we're called to do? What, What is it, what's the purpose maybe even that God has for our lives? And Steve and I talked together about this idea of a divine disturbance. Uh, Steve's our lead pastor. He's not here this morning. He uh, is off at one of our church plants, uh, encouraging them and walking uh, through, through the morning with them today. But we considered the things, some of the things that really disturbed Jesus. That's what we looked at. Uh, some of those things were spiritual pride, like looking down on others, thinking, thinking you got it all figured out. Spiritual legalism, like holding people to a different standard than maybe you're even gonna hold yourself to or that God holds people to. Spiritual weakness, not being able to, to be filled with faith and step out into what God's calling you to do or spiritual deceit, like people just taking the truth of God and, and twisting it. And those things really disturbed Jesus. And so he spoke into them. And then we ask the question is, what is it that disturbs you? As you look maybe in, in your own life or maybe it's in, in your family or maybe it's in your neighborhood or, or at work or in our community or maybe in the world, even some big time issues down to just the smallest thing. What is it that disturbs you? And maybe in that divine disturbance, then you begin to find the purposes for which God called you out and said, hey, come and follow me and you're going to change your little part of the world. 
so often that begins with that divine disturbance. And so I hope you wrestled with that this week. If you were here last week, or if you joined us online last week, I hope you've been wrestling with that, that idea. But then that, that raises the question, like, what's next? If I'm disturbed, do I just stay in that disturbance? What do I do with that? Well, you begin to, to pray. You begin to talk to others about it and say, hey, this is what I feel like God's doing in me. Can, can we talk about that? You seek wise counsel. You feed that disturbance. If it's, let's say it's, it's poverty, it's like that, that just kind of disturbs you or, or the fact that some people don't have access to, to food or to clean water. And so you begin to, you, you investigate those things. Or if it's simply, man, there's some people in my class that I know are far from God and I just wanna build a relationship with them. And so you begin to build a relationship. And eventually what you have to get to the point of is just actually stepping out. Stepping out into that disturbance, stepping out into what you feel like God's doing in here. So we wanna talk about stepping out this morning. And to do that, I wanna look at a couple of examples of people in scripture who stepped out. They felt like they were sensing something from God and they simply said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for this. One from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. You can go ahead and be turning to Genesis chapter 12. That's where we're gonna start. But here's the thing I want you to think about as we tell these stories. We're gonna tell the stories of some people that we look back, if you've been in church very long or you, you've been reading scripture for any portion of your lives, we hear these names and we think, oh man, these are like the giant, this is like the, the hall of fame of people. I can never be like that. Well, before their stories were remembered in this, they were ordinary people, flawed, just like you and me. In fact, even after they started stepping into the purpose, stepping out into the purposes of God, they still blew it. <laughs> Some of them many, many times. And God still kept bringing them back around. So that's kind of cool. Genesis chapter 12, we meet, we meet a man named Abram. A man who we would later know as Abraham. And Abram is an example of stepping out. He stepped out into the promise of God. Let's look at that promise in Genesis chapter 12. It says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Now that's enough right there for many of us. We'd be like, sorry, God, you're on your own here. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. In fact, I love what things are like here. I don't want to go anywhere else, right? <laughs> God keeps going. He had a promise for Abraham, for Abram at this point. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, again, as you think about Abram, you think about his situation, we don't know a whole lot about him. We meet him actually at the end, the last couple of verses at the end of Genesis 11. 
And that's really in just a kind of a genealogy, like, okay, this was his father, this was his grandfather. It told us where he lived. He lived in this land of, in Haran. And God shows up. It says, and the Lord said to Abram, Was he listening for God? Did he already have a relationship with him? Were his parents and his grandparents, were they sharing the, the stories of God, the, the stories of creation, the, the stories of, of the, the ancestors from, from man and woman and going up, did they share the story of the flood? And I think they probably had been. I think there's a lot in Abram's story that we don't know about. Because think about it for a minute. If you had no concept of, of God, no concept of his faithfulness, no concept of his character, and all of a sudden you hear a voice, says, Abram, take your family and set out. You might go check yourself into a hospital, right? <laughs> like, what is going on here? But I think, I think Abram had to have some foundation. And so he was listening. And maybe he was expecting. And so when God shows up and said, hey, I want you to step out. He doesn't even tell him where he's going. He said, I want you to step out. And he made a promise to him. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make your name great. I'm gonna turn you into a great nation and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And Abram stepped out into that promise. We'll go on, read the rest of this passage. So Abram departed, <laughs> he did it. Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Lot was his nephew, his father, uh, who was Abram's brother uh, had died. And so Lot became a part of his family. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. I wonder how many of us think about being 75 and we think about Hey, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm just doing what I want to do. Uh, Abram was 75, and that's when he stepped out. So, if that's where you're at, just think about that. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and he headed for the land of Canaan. And when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and he dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and I to the east. And there he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. Abram stepped out. And I wonder, what did it take? What was it in Abram's heart that he was willing to trust, to hear, and to act upon it? And could I do the same thing that Abram did? Let's look at another example. In the New Testament, this time we're going to Matthew. 
Matthew chapter four. This is almost 2,000 years after Abraham. Think about Abraham. He didn't see the full fulfillment of the promises that God made him. He did eventually have a son. He saw his grandson, saw some of his descendants. He didn't see that he had a great name, but we do now looking back. In fact, so much so that, the, that his descendants and the, the people of Israel, when they talk about God, they talk about being the God of Abraham, Isaac, his son, Jacob, his grandson. God gave him a great name. He became a great nation. In fact, they became numerous and multiplied even under slavery and then stepped out and still a nation today. He made him into a great nation and then all the families of the earth have been blessed through him because we believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. Because when Jesus steps on the scene, we believe that he's God incarnate. There's a beautiful picture of that in, in Philippians chapter two. It said that God did not take advantage of his, of his deity, but he stepped down, he took on the form of a servant. He came to earth and he lived among us and he died and he was raised and through him. And if you look at his earthly genealogy from his mom, he came from Abraham. So all the families of earth were blessed through Abraham. God kept his promise to Abraham. His promise was fulfilled in Jesus. And then Jesus steps onto the scene and he starts to gain a reputation as a teacher, as a rabbi. So he begins to, to call people to follow him. And that's where we pick up in Matthew chapter five. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore, of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them. He said, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. A little further up, down the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting on a boat with their father, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. And these four guys became part of a group that we today know as the disciples. And the disciples stepped out into the invitation of God. Abram stepped out into the promises of God. These disciples, they stepped out into the invitation of God because Jesus, upon seeing them, he said, hey guys, come and follow me. And they did. But what was it about these guys? This guy shows up on the seashore and he says, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Like fishers of men, that's weird. We fish for fish so we can eat them. We're not gonna eat people. That's, there's gotta be something wrong about that, right? Of course, that's not what Jesus meant. But what was it in these guys that they were willing? Did you notice how quickly they did that? Verse 20, for, for, for Simon and for Andrew, it says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. For James and John, it says, they immediately followed him. 
It's interesting, if you look at the same account in, in Mark's gospel, Mark uses that word immediately several times. I think there's something we're supposed to see there. That this is something we do and we do it when God calls. When God gives us an invitation, when he gives us a promise, we, we step out immediately. But what would cause these guys to lead their livelihood, to even step away from their family? What would cause a father like Zebedee to, to be like, whoa, wait guys, pull them back on the boat. Where are you going? Well, there's probably some back, just like Abram, there's probably some backstory. We know that Andrew had already been hanging out with, with John the Baptist, who was preaching repentance, sin. He was talking about one who was coming, talking about the Messiah was coming and he's close and he's here, he's preparing the way. And so I bet Andrew was looking. He was listening. He was waiting. He was waiting for the promise of God. He was waiting for the invitation of God. So these guys were, they had their eyes open. They had their radars up. They were, they were waiting. And if they were, if they were good Jews, if they were good Israelites, then they were waiting for the Messiah. The promised one that their prophets had talked about for a thousand years, one who would come and set them free and usher in the kingdom of God. And so they thought maybe, just maybe that's who Jesus is. And so when God gave them that invitation, it says they immediately, they stepped out. Don't forget, these were ordinary guys. Later in Acts, after they went on to do many great things, it says they noticed that they were, the, the leaders that were trying to, to persecute them, it said they noticed that they were uneducated men and that they had been with Jesus. They were ordinary. There wasn't anything special about them other than the fact that God offered them an invitation. And they said, Okay, and they stepped out. What is it in their hearts? What can, what can we learn from these guys? Now back to that second Chronicles 16, nine that I mentioned at the very beginning. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. These were words of a prophet to a guy named Asa. He was the king of Judah. And for most of his life, he was a bright spot in the kings of Israel because he followed the Lord and he led the people to, to honor and to worship God. And that was where he was at for most of his life. And then towards the end of his life, in spite of all that God had done for him, in spite of everything that he had seen in the faithfulness of God, an army was coming up against him and he got scared and he made a treaty with another country. Instead of seeking the Lord and what he might want for him, he sought this other country, leaning into them, trusting them. And so this prophet comes to Asa, and these are the words that he says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Asa, you know this, you've seen this. You've seen the faithfulness of God in your life. Here's the rest of the verse. What a fool you've been. You have done a foolish 
thing. From now on, you'll be at war. Asa, for so long, you've stepped out into the promises of God. For so long, you've stepped out in the invitation of God. And now you're like, eh, I don't know that God can do what he said he could do. So I'm gonna trust this instead. What can we learn from Asa? I think there's a few things we can learn from all of these, all of these ordinary folks. In fact, it was the ordinary, the most ordinary guys that got some of it right. Asa was a king, you know, he's set apart and he kind of blew it there. Let's talk about the heart of a disciple. The heart of a disciple beats to the rhythms of attentiveness. The heart of someone who follows God and steps out into what he calls them to beats to the rhythms of attentiveness. We live in an attention economy. Do you know that? And companies are spending billions of dollars to capture your attention, right? That's what advertising is. That's what marketing is. They wanna capture your attention and they wanna sell you on a way of life. And not all of that's bad. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying often that way of life that they're trying to sell you on, they're trying to try to capture your attention. It looks very different than the way of life that God offers but we give our attention to so many things. And that's something we fully have control over, right? The things to which we give our attention, we have control over that. We make choices every day of what we're giving our attention to. I think Abram, I think Simon and Andrew and James and John, they were attentive, they were listening. They were putting their attention towards the things of God. The Apostle Paul in the, in the letter to the church in Philippi in Philippians 4, he's encouraging them. He says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing as I kind of close this letter to you. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. He says, turn your attention, be attentive to what is pure and holy and honorable. Fix your thoughts on those things. Give your attention to God. Give your attention to his character. Give your attention to his purposes. Give your attention to beauty and hope and love. And when that's our posture, that attentiveness, then maybe we could hear the voice of the Lord like Abram did. Maybe we could hear the invitation of the Lord like Simon, Andrew, and James, and John. But if our attention is captured by a lot of noise, by a lot of distraction. We can't hear, if we can't hear, we can't step out. 
And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to be distracted. <laughs> you ever been there? Yeah. Sometimes I want to veg out. Sometimes I don't want to be think. I need, I need the, the constant thing to shut down. And that's not always bad, but if that's, if that's the way that we deal with life, then it is. If that's how we cope, it's just to, to, to turn our brain off and, and pursue something mindless. And especially if that thing we're pursuing looks totally different than God's heart and desire for us, we won't be able to hear the voice of God. We won't be able to hear the invitation of God. So we've got to be attentive and, and following this rhythm of attentiveness. For me, what it looks like is I've got to have silence and solitude and communion with Jesus every day. I've got to be quiet every day. In fact, <laughs> something I've learned to myself, I might need a little more quiet than the average person. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just a little dumber than everybody else, but I, I've got to be silent. I've got to turn everything else off so I can hear from God and, and even see that. Pe- like, well, that's what Paul says. When you place your mind, your thoughts on what is honorable, right, and true, when you do these things, then the God of peace will be with you. Peace comes from attentiveness to God. And that helps us to be able to step out. So do you have that rhythm of silence and communion with Jesus? Do you have that attentiveness to him? The heart of the disciple beats to the rhythms of attentiveness and also to willingness. I think Abram, I think... Simon, Andrew, James, and John, they were willing to do what God called them to do. Everybody just put your hands out in front of you like this. Just open, if you can. If I had a t-shirt or something to to throw at you, right? Sorry, I didn't bring anything, my bad. Probably should have done that. I'll find a pen next service and throw it. But if, if if your hands are open, you're able to receive that, right? If I toss something out. But if you're, Close your hands and just kind of grip. <laughs> if you're always closed-handed, you can't receive anything. In fact, it almost puts you in a defensive posture, right? <laughs> I saw somebody first service, they reached out and punched somebody in front of them. So that's not good. That's not what we want. But we want to be open-handed. We want to be willing before the Lord <laughs> to receive what he has for us to receive a promise, to receive an invitation, to receive a calling, to say, here I am, Lord. Send me, as we sang earlier. So maybe we should just start every day like that. We swing out of bed, we're placing our thoughts, our, our, our hearts on him, and we just sit there with open hands and say, God, I'm open. I'm willing to what you want to do today. And every time you start feeling yourself clench up, say, no, Lord, help me to be open-handed here. The hard disciple beats to attentiveness, to willingness, and to faithfulness. Faithfulness. I've come to, to think about faithfulness this way. Faithfulness is faith plus perseverance. It's trust plus long-suffering. That's what faithfulness is. Hebrews chapter 11 is a beautiful chapter on uh, 
on faith and people who had faith and trust in God and they, and they pursued God and they, they persevered. The beginning of that chapter starts out this way, talking about faith. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old, like Abraham, like these disciples, they earned a good reputation. And then it goes on to give some of those examples. We skip down to verse 13. It says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Sounds a lot like Abraham, doesn't it? He stepped out. And if he had thought about where he left, maybe if he kept looking back, he'd been like, ah, I want that. But no, he, he stayed faithful to where God was calling and where God was leading. And he stepped out. I think that's the posture we're supposed to all have. That faithfulness of believing in these promises of God and just keep going. <laughs> just keep walking. I love how the writer of Hebrews points out, hey, most of them, they never saw the fulfillment of all those promises they were running after. But they stayed faithful. And I kept going. A writer, pastor who's passed away now that, that I enjoy reading a lot, Eugene Peterson, he has a book entitled A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. The idea there is that walking with Jesus, a journey of faith with him is a long obedience in the same direction. You just keep going. It's, it's, not, it's not this, you know, all the time, this fire, like, whoa, look at all these things God's doing. It's amazing. I love following Jesus. It's no, it's, it's a long obedience in the same direction. And I know that I'm gonna get hit sometimes. I'm gonna get knocked down and we just get back up and we just keep walking because we believe that the promises of God are much better than the promises of the world. We just keep going. That leads us to the last thing, the heart of a disciple beats to the rhythms of attendance, of willingness, of faithfulness, and of obedience. Obedience. When our kids were growing up, we still have one that's, that's there. We'd ask them, hey, when do you obey? And it's usually at a point where they're not obeying, right? Hey, when do you obey? And the correct answer is the first time, every time with a happy heart. That's just what we've done in our house. When do you obey? The first time, every time with a happy heart. <laughs> and as a father, that's so easy for me to say, right? So, you, son, you should obey the first time, every time. It's not that hard. Like, come on, what are you thinking? And you should do it with a happy heart. Sometimes the first time and every time, okay, yeah, maybe that, but doing it with a happy heart, dad, come on, are you serious? <laughs> maybe that's too high a standard holder for my kids, I don't know. But we do that to God, don't we? <laughs> Can't believe you called me to do that. 
Or time and time again, he puts something in front of us, and we're like, don't know that I can. I think that was the heart of Abraham, the heart of Simon, Andrew, James, and John. But here's the thing, they missed it sometimes. <laughs> Abraham did some of the same things over and over again. We're like, dude, what are you thinking? You should have already learned by this. But he did keep going. I was thinking about these things and the Lord, I love it. Lord reminded me of some time recently where I wasn't obedient. <laughs> uh, it was actually a couple days ago. Um, Thursday night, there was this uh, prayer time uh, on campus at, at Tech. And a lot of different groups came together, a lot of different campus ministries and a lot of people from the community. It was really beautiful. People coming together to pray for the hearts of students. Loved it. It was, it was great. And then later on, some, uh, some folks just stayed around. Some students stayed around worshiping and, and praying for each other. It was really beautiful. And Meredith and I and uh, a couple of our kids, we stayed around and uh, we're just there. We were just there to support, to, to pray over, to, to worship. It was purely just a, just a spontaneous thing. And there, at one point, we were all just sitting on the grass at one point, there was a young man that came up and he sat kind of over to my left. And he sat down there and I kept looking at him. I was like, he kind of looks familiar. I don't know if I know him or not. And then I started just feeling this little thing. Maybe I should go just talk to him. Just sit down with him and say, hey, is there something I can, I can pray for you for? And, and then I start thinking about it. And then I look over, oh, he's singing. He, he looks engaged. You know, maybe I'll wait till the, like this song is done and then go over and talk to him. And I kept kind of putting it off. And then at one point, our, uh, our eight-year-old said, hey, can, can we go to the restroom? So we went off to find the restroom. Like, when I get back from that, I'll go, that'll be a good time to go and sit down with him and, and talk to him. So we went, uh, found a restroom. Then we came back and he was gone. Now, I... To be honest with you, I don't know if that was something that God was really called, like say, you need to go talk to this guy. It's just that little like, mm, you know? But I think one thing we've learned from Steve is that when you just feel that little, hmm, if it's godly, do it, right? <laughs> and I didn't. And I tell that story for this one to show you, <laughs> I'm a loser sometimes, but two, <laughs> maybe a lot of times, but I don't think God was up there saying, dude, you missed it. I'll never use you again. I don't think he was saying, you, you had your shot. You blew it. I don't like you anymore. But that's not the character of God. He's saying, hey, yeah, you may have missed it, but I still love you. And I can still use you for my purposes because I want to come around you. You know, if my kids disobey, it doesn't change my love for them. And he's a much better father than I am. So here's the question for you today. Do I have an attentive, willing, faithful, 
and obedient heart. And I realize that on any given day, you know, I may be killing it in one or two of these, but lousy on one or two of them, right? But if we have these rhythms of attentiveness, of willingness, of faithfulness, of obedience in our life, then it's going to be much easier to hear from God, and it's going to be much easier to step out into what he's calling us. And stepping out into what he's calling us, it may not be some gigantic thing. You know, we talked about some of those disturbances. Think about things, huge injustices going on in the world. And, And that may be something you're called to, but it might be, man, I know that there's things going on in my family that I can minister to and I can give hope to. Or I know a neighbor that's going through a hard time And I know they may not have thought about Jesus the way that I've thought about Jesus, and I can help there. Or there's someone I can come around and just be encouraging to, like step out into those. (laughs) Or maybe it's a guy sitting a few feet away from you that you feel like, you know, maybe I just need to go pray for him. If we have these rhythms in our heart, then it's much easier for us to say yes and to step out. And one of the things we've been talking about around here for the last few weeks, some of you may even be tired, would you guys stop talking about this? Is that we have a vision to, to plant more churches in Putnam County. In fact, we're stepping out to be the first of one of those. And there's some great folks that have come around us and said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna step out with you. And this isn't the only one, okay? There's gonna be more over the next few years. Knowing Steve, it'll be in the next year or two, there'll be five, I don't know, you know? And so they'll be, we'll be continuing to come to you and say, hey, we, wanna, we want you to pray about stepping out. And, and sometimes that's kind of the easy thing is actually stepping out. And for those of you that are, that are choosing to, or feeling like God's calling you to go with us, I wanna encourage you to help raise up people here before you leave, to leave well and raise up folks to, to kind of take on some of the, the passions and the mantles that you've been carrying here. If you feel that this is, this is the body that you're called to be a part of, there's some folks in this room that need to step up as we step out. I wanna challenge you to step up and be a part of the mission and vision here in this local body called the River Community Church. Serving, ministering to our kids, being a part of the mission and the vision here. So I wanna challenge you to step up to that. And this isn't the only time it's gonna happen. (laughs) It'll probably keep going because we believe that's what God's called us to. Sorry, that was a little family meeting moment. Is it okay to say that? Hey, some of us need to step up. Hey, in just a moment, I I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for me, pray for all of us. And I love this thought that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 
Is my heart fully committed to him? Is your heart fully committed? Do you have an attentive, willing, faithful, obedient heart? Because God has proved his faithfulness. And he's calling us, he's inviting us to step into into his life. In just a moment after I pray, the ushers are gonna come, they're gonna pass the baskets. And and if you're here in the room, you can put those blue cards uh, in there. If this is your first time, you can fill that out and let us know that you're here. But maybe God's calling you to something. And you wanna write on that card, hey, I feel like I need to step up here. Then write that on the card and put it in the basket when it comes through. It's also an opportunity to give. If you're watching online, you can go to the app and, and do those same things. But let's have open hands before the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can learn from the faithfulness of those who have gone before us. In fact, God, you're you're the perfect example of stepping out. You stepped out from heaven, from your throne, and you came and you lived among us. You stepped out in an amazing way because you loved us. God, help us to to check our hearts this morning and this week. And Lord, when those moments of, or opportunities to, to, to be willing, to be faithful, to be obedient, to be attentive to you, Lord, maybe, maybe we just say yes and we step, step out. Give us the courage to do that. And Lord, if there's someone in here that they'd never said yes to the invitation to, to follow you, God, may you give them the courage to talk to someone this morning. And God, I gotta believe when, when we join our hearts together in that kind of, when we're attentive, when we're faithful, when we're willing and when we're obedient, Lord, you will, you will do some pretty cool things through a bunch of ordinary people whose hearts are fully committed to you. Help us to be fully committed to you. In Jesus' name. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.